and I love horse stunts. Um, and even that, like, they're such a random thing to love. Love it. I love dudes falling off horses. Someone's like, oh, we saw a great falling. movie. We saw a great movie this weekend. Are there any horse stunts? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, they're not. All right, forget it. Yes. Oh, God, yes. Welcome back to Is It Still Good? This is the show where we travel to the Middle East. We perform resurrections recklessly upon the people and culture of our past. And during these horrible rituals, we misplace our rose-colored glasses. So once they come to life, we are forced to deal with them without those glasses, with our shorn eyeballs, with a, an eye to the future and one, one foot in the grave. Uh, I'm Bear Kennedy in Chicago. Uh, I am one of two grown-up film students who hate growing up. Joining me today, as always, you butchered that. I did. I, I got through it. <laughs> we got. We we just just never stop. Do not stop. Do not stop. You fucking loser, Andrew <laughs> Carter, Los Angeles. Uh, Bear just got back from Austin. Um, how was that? It was good. It was good to be uh, with some friends I haven't seen in a long time. It was good to there be out go. at a bar in a state where. Uh, science is is low low on the list and the lord and savior jesus christ is way at the top so it was an interesting but, experience but austin is is pretty high on science austin's good austin is a good a good place um a great place yeah. to visit unimaginable living there at least for me why because of the heat the heat is bad you know you're surrounded by texas which is also bad and yeah. it's it's kind of large and spread out which is uh what i don't love in, yeah. uh, in a city but for it's a visit like la yeah, exactly which i also hate out. so <laughs> yeah so, but a visit, i don't mind it wonderful yeah i feel like i dig it living there um did you get barbecue that's that's the question we did today. we the are so we were out way the fuck out we were on lake travis and and yeah. not close to the city uh right. so we did end up getting terry black's I hear. Was, I actually. I haven't had it, but I hear it's great. It was good. I, it wasn't on the list you sent me, which I felt bad about, but it was uh, delicious. I hear it's and great. I hear they have a good beef rib. Did you get the beef rib? I, you know what? It, it takes a lot to get me into a beef rib. I'll be honest. I, I love pork ribs. I do too. I prefer um, pork ribs. That's interesting to know. I will not order a beef rib without a recommendation. When I tend to I, not love them. Yeah, I don't. It's funny. I don't love them either. But every time I've heard them like recommended it's from these people that are like but you haven't had a beef rib like this and to be honest with you i don't think i still think i haven't because i, oh, I, I certainly haven't i i still like the ones i've had i'm kind of like eh. but but i've been i was told to get one at la barbecue in austin and i right before we went up to order they put a sold out sign on them which sucked it was <laughs> devastating awful. i was so mad um but I still, yeah, I still haven't had like an incredible beef rib, and I heard the beef rib at Terry Black's is very good. Um, I, I could see that. Everything else what'd was you good. Get? What'd I got, you get uh, I got brisket, which um, I asked for a burnt end, and they had like the the end of it, which was very very good, caramelized, yeah. wonderful. I, I tipped uh, more than twenty percent, and I got um, nice gesture. a couple of pork ribs. My, yeah, my pork issue ribs with beef ribs is, is usually that they're not tenderized to my liking. Um, and they, yeah, they, see, they that's, come out tougher and I, and I don't love that. That's uh, my and issue too. And so you got to know when it's time to take a risk. That could be a bad experience. You do. But yeah. apparently at these two play at Terry Black's and La Barbecue, they know how to make them tender. Um, okay. Well, that, did you try Salt Lake in the airport? Did you get a chance to try Salt Lake? I walked past it, obviously, um, coming and going. I, I got in really late at night, so they were closed. And on the way out, I'd just eaten Terry Black's, but you were right. It's right there. Yeah, right I kind of want to go to the spot and see the pits and shit. I like do it, too. It seems like an experience. I, I, and so next yeah, time. it's they have it's in Driftwood, which I guess is like yeah. a little bit north of Austin. I don't know if that was near where you guys were, but no, we we looked at it. It was uh, yeah. a hall, and then it's from where we were at least to get there and then to the airport to leave would have been a whole ordeal. So yeah, it it's not, cars. it's not super convenient, which is why I was like, why well, what I can do at least, cause I was there for South by Southwest. I was like, what I can at least do is just get the food here. I, Hell yeah. the experience will be missed, but I had that at Franklin. Like I went to Franklin, I waited in line, I ate there and it was the best. And I'm yeah. so glad I had that experience. I, I literally yeah. missed a filmmaker meetup 
to go do that, and I don't regret it at all. No, like, I not, not, not even a little bit. Like, yeah. I and I look, filmmaker meetups are fun, getting to meet other filmmakers, I love it, but like, I knew there were going to be more of those opportunities, and I was right. I was 100% right. I did the right thing. There were, there were other opportunities. I met everyone that I was going to meet anyway, and I still got to have Franklin, which I was there, fucking thrilled about. There's a line, a couple years, like, within the last 10 years or so, there's a line in that Baz Luhrmann song about sunscreen from uh, the 90s. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, there, it was on, like, I think the original Now That's What I Call Music compilation. Baz Luhrmann, like the filmmaker Baz Luhrmann? He, yeah, he had, like, a top 40 hit that was called, like, the Whoa. Sunscreen Song. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll explain it first, but it's, like, it's in the form of a commencement speech. It's not really a song. There's, like, a beat, but he's, like, talking through it. And I don't know why, but I, I heard that song for some reason... And there's a line in the middle of it where he's like, uh, this isn't going to be verbatim, but he says something about don't let the burdens of time and money ever hold you back from spending moments with your friends. Like, it's easy to let that shit get in the way and don't, don't do that. Um, I, I will put myself through extreme time and financial hardship for my friends and also food. Like, that, yep. just no question asked. Like, Me I pff, don't care. Uh, and I don't know why, but I, I, heard, I just heard that lyric in it. Uh, it just, I don't know. It, it changed how I felt about stuff. And I, I, I think I like texted my best buddy right away. I was like, Hey, let's, let's get together. Uh, it's, Dude, it, it's amazing. It's a I weird, it's a weird line, but I don't know. It just hit me at the right time of life. I remember hearing that song when I was like 12 and being like, this shit is so much more boring than the rest of what's on this. Now that's what I call music. Uh, but, uh, but that song was not for a 12 year old boy. Right. It's aged well with you. It's, and it's I, and for also, a 30 year old man. Yeah. And also at the end of the day, experiences are kind of all we have in yeah. terms of what we've done in, with our lives. And you want to be able to say that you, you did interesting stuff. And yeah. again, I, when I think about that trip to South by, um, it was the whole thing was amazing, but one of the highlights was absolutely going to Franklin, if not oh, the highlight. Yeah. I, I I don't know about the highlight because we got to, <laughs> you know, pl- playing our short film in the Alamo Draft House and getting a nice applause was pretty incredible. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but the Franklin barbecue is amazing. Um, and speaking of movies that get applauses, um, we are coming to you twenty years from. May 2001, which is when these two movies that we're going to talk about were uh, the reigning champs of the box office in the early months of May. The Mummy Returns and A Knight's Tale. Um, The Mummy Returns opened on May 4th. A Knight's Tale opened on May 11th. Counter-programming for sure. And what's interesting is that I think in my head I was like, yeah, it's counter-programming. But I guess I was like, both are kind of PG-13 action things, right? on paper so i was like all right they're probably like eh, maybe it's the same demographic not at all <laughs> not even not even close to the same demographic in terms of their target but i can definitely see how the mummy returns play and it did at the time i think it played like a four quadrant movie um and a knight's tale definitely geared towards teenage girls who were you know fawning over Heath Ledger this was his kind of his big solo you know name above the title outing Mm -hmm. because this was you know uh, 10 things I hate about you made him a huge star and then he had and yeah right he was he's great in that movie and then it had um then he had the Patriot with Mel Gibson where he played his son and that was a night that was another nice like bit of exposure and then the following then the next year is is a Knight's Tale um so first, let's talk about um, the Mummy Returns since that opened first. Um, okay. Did you see this movie in theaters? No, I don't know what happened, uh, but for some reason, like all my friends went to see this movie and I missed it. Uh, That's interesting. It, it what I don't I, there you know it's tough to uh, piece together like your week by week schedule from when you're uh, twelve years old, but um, I must have been doing something. Uh, I don't know. I, I missed it and I caught this like on DVD way later. It must've been like a sleepover or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember being really thrilled to see it, not seeing it in the theater and then seeing it way after and being less thrilled. 
Yeah, I saw it. I remember vividly when it came out because <laughs> I remember. I, I remember when it came out pretty pretty hard. First of all, it was marketed heavily. Yes. Yeah. Like, and when you're that age, you're really susceptible to like, oh, this is going to be a big. Like I have to see the Mummy yeah, Returns. Big how can I ever? Coming out how can Friday. I show up at school? Yeah. Exactly. And I remember May fourth, two thousand one. My my mom worked with this woman who had a box at Madison Square Garden, and we went there a few times. And one of the times we went there actually was to dude. This is amazing. This was January of ninety nine. We went there for a, a WWF wrestling match. <laughs> ended with we should talk about wrestling uh, one episode. It ended with. A four-person, I don't know if it was a cage match or whatever, but it was Undertaker, Mankind, Stone Cold, and The Rock. And Stone Cold, of course, won. It was legendary. I'll never forget it. We got Austin 316 bandanas. It was was amazing. Um, But on May 4th, 2001, we went there to go see a Knicks game. The Knicks were playing the Raptors. And I remember all I wanted to do was see The Mummy Returns. There were posters for it on every fucking corner. I had been waiting for it. I had been waiting for it. And I didn't even want to be at the game. I was like, I really want to see this movie. And I I knew that that wasn't going to happen. And I, I knew I wasn't going to be like, well, maybe we won't have to go to the game and we can see the movie. I, 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 but, I, but I know that in the back of my head, I remember driving into the city. I remember seeing the posters. And I remember thinking, that's all I want to do. I don't give a shit about this basketball game. And that was that's probably the first time I realized, oh, I don't care about sports. And I never <laughs> will. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Like, dude, we're going to a box at Madison Square Garden. I saw Vince Carter play. He was on yeah. the Raptors at the time. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I just, I just didn't care. And so I, I don't remember the first time. I, I saw it very soon after that, probably the next weekend. But I saw it twice in theaters. I remember wow. I saw it once with my dad. And you just wanted to make sure time, you got all the plot points in. Yeah. And, had to see it and I saw it probably time. like a month or so later with this woman who was like tutoring me for not like not college yet because I was in like sixth grade. But Egyptology. Yeah, no, she was like I think like a an academic private counselor because I wasn't a good student and but there would be times when she was like you know part of her thing was like you know yeah we'll do some working but like every once in a while you know i'll take the you know i'll take your kid to like go see a movie or go do something that they want to do so it's kind of like a trust thing and so one time she took me to see the mummy returns um and the other time she took me to see evolution which we'll talk about in a future episode (laughs) um but I remember vividly seeing it. I loved it as a kid. It was the f- and then it was the first DVD I bought in around Christmas of 2001 because we finally got a DVD player. We didn't wow. have one. And I remember we went to I was probably be- it was either Best Buy or Circuit City. I think it was actually Circuit City. And Hell I yeah. bought RIP. Yeah, RIP. I I I still go to Best Buy. I love it. Um I I bought The Mummy Returns. I bought Jurassic Park 3. It was like the summer of Universal movies. Um, mm-hmm. They were all huge. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was I hadn't seen The Mummy in full. I just knew that The Mummy Returns <laughs> was going to be huge. And I think I had like caught parts of The Mummy on TV, but I didn't see it. And so I had like no context for The Mummy Returns. I just knew like big action movie from my favorite studio that did Jurassic Park. I'm in. <laughs> Um, so before <laughs> I watched the mummy returns this time, I went back and rewatched cause I, I had seen the mummy, but I hadn't seen it in years. I went back and rewatched the mummy. Um, did you get a chance to rewatch the mummy before the mummy returns? Uh, not this time, but I, you are in luck that the entire plot of the mummy returns is contained within its title. Uh, so that it's not <laughs> that hard to follow, but I remember right. like you spent a ton, a ton of time in Best Buy and, one of oh, the yeah. things that they would do would be to have like sample shit happening to, to entice you to buy stuff. So they'd have like DVD players and TVs and shit set up. And the ones I remember, like it happened yesterday, they had a loop of the scene in Jurassic Park where they walk into the Welcome Center and walk up the stairs. Yeah. It, it just, no other action. I don't know why they chose that scene. And then the other yeah, one they used to show, scene? I have no idea. But it's the fine. other one they used to show is the scene from The Mummy. Where uh, Emotep turns his face into a sandstorm and tries to eat a plane, and they just yeah, played that. That console. I get. That I get them. Playing I get that too. You want to show off the visual? Yeah, like yeah, oh, it's crazy. Of course, it's a good scene. Um, 
and I think that's what what eventually got me to see uh, the original Mummy, which was one of the probably first five to ten DVDs I ever bought when I okay uh, as soon as I got a PlayStation Two because it, it had a DVD player built in. Right. So I, that was that was the genesis of me starting to buy a lot of DVDs. But I didn't watch it this time. I I feel pretty familiar with that movie, um, even though yeah, I didn't see, see it in a while. Dude, I for I forgot. Um, how unfamiliar I was with it. And I got to tell you, and this is, we'll get into The Mummy Returns in a second, but this is just for The Mummy. Definitely still good for me. I was, the action was great. And not only that, I was like, this is really entertaining. This feels like a throwback. This feels like Indiana Jones meets Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. And on on top of it, and I've probably talked about this on the show before, a good action movie to me is when you know the geography and you know the geography in the mummy, and yeah. not only that, it's surprisingly contained. It's all in the desert, and they're kind of going yeah. back and forth. But on top of it, it's like it feels huge. This it's this big scope. It reminded me of you know how I talk about the geography in Die Hard. How it's like you know where everything is in that building, yeah. and it feels huge, even though it's you know essentially just in this quote unquote one location. Um, and the mummy felt somewhat similar it's like in the desert in these tombs and that's kind of yeah. it and, and i was it, just it really impressed it, yeah it, it, yeah it, it does and it, it gives you that adventure indiana jones vibe it's obviously yes. borrowing heavily from it yes, but it's like course. it's like those two movies i'd say plus terminator 2 because uh, it is a little heavier on the action um, yes than either lawrence of arabia and, and potentially i think it was just a different time for indiana jones indiana jones there's a lot of non-action in that movie um, right, but, but it's know, all very good. But Brendan Fraser playing, you know, Rick O'Connell, this like archaeological expert yeah. and 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 adventurer and everything. That was the the definitely the Indiana Jones vibes and yeah. stuff. And I gotta say, man, Brendan Fraser is great, and yeah. he gets a he gets a bad rap because the internet likes making fun of him. No, he gets a bad rap because he was blacklisted for being sexually assaulted. Yeah, which is bullshit. And yeah. fu- and that guy's now expelled from the HFPA. And fuck yeah. him. That that um, that's a really sad story, actually. He, it's really Brandon sad. Fraser should have a much better uh, career. He's an, he's uh, a great he's great him. he's a really good actor, and not only first of all anybody who's watches the show The Affair on Showtime, I've actually only watched the first I think three seasons, maybe a little bit of four. But Brandon Fraser's in season three. He has a you know season long arc, and he is really good. Uh, really surprised me yeah he, and he's and it's completely different than what he did in the mummy and the mummy returns it's it, first of all it shows his range and i mean again he's a really fucking good actor he's really good and he's i think he's underrated i think people sleep on him and he's got such charm and charisma in this and yeah some of the lines in these movies are kind of eye-rolly but he delivers them with gusto yeah. and he believes him like in the mummy returns when he's like you lighten up you big trouble you get in the car i was like yeah, yeah i'm in like this guy yeah, rules he, he has a nicholas cage ability to commit to the role and so he you does. buy him even if you don't buy the material you buy him um i i mean he, he gets a big pass for me for airheads which uh i just is a movie i just love i've actually never uh, seen airheads th- um, we will slate that up for the show we gotta slate um, that up he, yeah he, he's not i'd be unless he gets cast in a, in a tarantino movie late career he's not going to have probably an awards worthy role but he's a solid guy he can carry he an action one. movie he's yeah. actually has great comedy chops yeah um, really good comedy chops i like him in both movies i think that was a good bit of casting i, I kind of can't imagine anyone else in the role not that rick o'connell is like so iconic that you know you're always thinking yeah you know what's interesting brendan rick frazier. o'connell i don't think rick o'connell is iconic but brendan frazier in these movies is he's great that's what I think. I think Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss, they're both iconic. Rachel Weiss, un, uh, legendary uh, hotness, uh, oh, amazing yeah. actress who I always get excited to see. Yeah, she's um, beautiful. Arnold Vosloo, also incredible dude, casting. Just Arnold a dude Vosloo, who looks awesome shirtless. Odette Fair, him. Patricia. I remember, you know why I remember all the names? Because in this was one of the, I feel like this is maybe the first and honestly like maybe only time since where in the Mummy Returns trailer... I remember the guy's voice announcing every 
big character, every big actor's <laughs> name in the movie. Even if you didn't know who it was, I remember it was Brandon Fraser, Rachel Weisz, John Hanna, Arnold Vosloo, right, Odette We're Fair, out of steam already Patri- there. Patricia Velasquez <laughs> introducing Freddie Both as the kid. And, and then it was, and The Rock as the Scorpion King. And I bet yeah. you the fact that The Rock was in it was part of why they did that. Part well, the of the lead was, up. Yeah, 100%. And I knew The Rock from wrestling. Of course. Uh, maybe, maybe you did as well. But that was a big deal. Now you think of him as maybe Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. If you think of the Rock at all, yeah, a lot of people think, think of him as Dwayne Johnson, right? Yeah, but, there, but there, it's interesting that he, him making the crossover from wrestling to movies was like a huge, huge deal. And even I don't yeah, know if you read Ebert's review for one or both Mummy movies, but um, he likes. I didn't. Go ahead. Sorry. He specifically calls out. But The Rock has equal billing with Brendan Fraser for what amounts to about 90 seconds of screen yeah. time. And yeah. um, he did not like the second one. He does. He did like the first one. He did enjoy the first, right. He didn't love and the he, second one. He called out that he said, I think The Rock has a great career ahead of him. And I think after this movie, it's still ahead of him, which is a funny way of Which is very true. But yeah. The Rock's, the, 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 the Scorpion King, the, the spinoff, it made like $90 million. It did pretty this well. This was a huge, a, a huge and, franchise. Yeah, and he got five million for the Mummy Returns, five million dollars yeah. yeah. for whatever. As you, Roger was said, ninety seconds of screen time, and that was a big deal. I remember, and um, that's so. Yeah, you're right. He does have like equal billing with Brendan. Fraser. He does, and, I, and he's really and I, he's he's only in the beginning, and then he it's more his likeness when he comes out. Yeah, as it's the all CGI, and, and I remember look, even as a kid being like, "That looks like shit." The like, two things I remember from this movie were. The Scorpion King looked like shit. Yeah. And I remembered Rachel Weisz on a hot air balloon for a really long time. And on this rewatch, both of those things are still true. Yeah, she, they're on that hot air balloon for like 30 minutes. It, it is substantial <laughs> they, they, time on a They hot make air it feel like a little less because of the flashbacks and everything like that. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a long time. No, it's, it's a fucking long time. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. Like, so let's talk about The Rock, for example. So for a guy as charismatic as he is, obviously as an actor now, but even on the like in the ring, he was he was such a fucking force. Great. This role was obviously a bit of stunt casting, and and he definitely, you know, he's 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 a difficult face to forget. Yeah. But the Scorpion King is, a, I mean, obviously he did it because it's you know the money and as well as like it's being part of a big franchise, but like. You know, the character's fucking nothing. I mean, yeah, you know. He's he's a non entity. Yeah, he's not an um, entity. Which I would I'd be curious to revisit his movie, The Scorpion King, to see what that character is. I, um, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember it at all, but I did see it in theaters, I remember. Um <laughs> I but don't remember it. Literally not even I remember Grant Heslov as his like best friend in it, which is such That's a bizarre excellent piece of casting as well but it's great that's yeah I'm that sold. that guy went on to be an oscar-winning producer with george clooney and he plays like the scorpion king's goofy like you know it's side friend <laughs> yeah which is just hilarious to me um but okay so the mummy returns it takes place 10 years after the original um it's much more globe trotting. There's parts in oh, London yeah. and all around Egypt and everything. It's it's it kind of does everything that you expect big budget sequels to do, which is you know up the action, up the stakes, and and up the geography of everything. Um, I remember it, it was weird. I was expecting to get a lot of like not only nostalgia when I watched it, but also like oh wow, I remember all those lines. First of all, I remember the trailer better than anything like the name the announcing the names and the music which i don't know why yeah, and i really. actually got more nostalgic vibes from rewatching the mummy than i did sure. from the mummy returns um that said i still enjoyed the mummy returns i think i i think the uh i, I think the kid is really really good i think i think that's he's good fine. casting yes. i i've always i always love john hannah and i think he's great as her brother um I liked uh, the henchman. I, I can only pronounce his first name. Adewale, um, the black guy. Oh yeah, that guy goes, is. What you, he's always great. He's yeah. He's great. He's, and he, he does angry with his just without words so well. He just I know. looks furious. His and face it's, it's is great. awesome, and yeah. he's. What are you talking about? I missed with the knife. Is like it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's good. And I feel like 
I appreciated the scope of it. But again, rewatching The Mummy, I feel like I prefer The Mummy because of how it's it's a great trick when filmmakers can make something clearly very big feel contained and easy to follow. Yeah. And I think The Mummy does that better than The Mummy Returns. I think the subplot with Rachel Weisz being like, oh, I, this is my past life, I just found that a little silly. It sucks. Um, it straight I just, up I don't, sucks. I don't think it's necessary. I feel like they kind of did that because it's like she has to die and then come back. It's just I just didn't I didn't like that as much. And again, The Rock as a Scorpion King in CGI is just I just thought that Blows. was the dumbest choice yes. ever. And it just it just it sucked. I don't know. I really didn't I really didn't like that. I feel like they could have just brought the rock as a scorpion king back, but not have him be an actual scorpion. Like he could have just been like, where's my bracelet? I don't know. Yeah, um, I agree. I don't know why they didn't just make him wrestle Arnold Vosloo. Like that would have right. been sick. Right. Um, it looks like shit. I mean, I, I, it, it, I was hoping that time had been kind to the CGI in that last part where, where they have the fight, but it, it looks like it did then, which is like, a PlayStation two cutscene. Yeah. You know, what's funny. It's you're right. It doesn't look any worse, but it's it still doesn't look any worse. It just looks equally as bad, but it, yeah, but it's always looked bad. And it's, I was thinking bad. it would, it would actually get better because you, you take time into account. Right. Um, but it's tough when you, I mean, it, the Scorpion King looks worse than the T 1000. Um, yes. and that, that's a yes. 10 year difference yes, it does. In, in, in technology. And that's I think James Cameron directing. Better. You know, but, okay, but this is a, a big enough budget film. That's true, and they and they and still it's a sequel, and, they, and there's a built-in audience here. Like it's you gotta. Yeah, you do, and they still used ILM. They both used T2 and it, it, the exactly. Mummy movies used ILM. So that's for anybody so that list for anybody that doesn't know, that's Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah. Basically, Industrial Light and Magic was, I think, invented with Terminator 2. I think they were I, the first. I believe you're right. Yeah, if I believe they were the, the first major movie to use. Um, that service for visual effects. Yeah. And that's the thing is like the, the mummy in the mummy and the mummy returns. I mean, it's not like it's like super terrifying, but it looks, it looks solid. It looks good. Like that CGI looks looks good. It looks cool. And it's no less CGI, but it looks cool. Right. It It looks looks cooler and it looks more believable. It looks a little bit scarier, but the Scorpion King's a fucking joke because you're expecting the rock and you get like, you know, uncanny Valley, the rock, you get like the rock in the Sims. Exactly. Like, kind of what perfect. it is. Yeah. And I think that it just it just doesn't play. Um, but I still I still love the, the you know the chemistry between Brendan Fraser and and Rachel Weisz and I and again I think the kid adds something. I think that um, Patricia Velasquez is smoking. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. I mean, her and Rachel Weisz knife fighting each other is it's pure awesome. pure ticket to Boner Town. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but. <laughs> But the, but there's there's problems like they they they're fucking flying around on an airship like it's a low numbered Final Fantasy for like a fucking half hour. Right. Um. You know, old people from the old movie show up like the the Magi guy, mm-hmm. uh, whatever his name, Ashton Gourds or whatever the fuck his name is. Oh their, their yeah. Buddy, well, Odette, Odette Fair. Yeah. He um, shows I up. His he's, character's name. It's like Arneth or something. It's something remember. like that. But um, he has he's amazing all, but hair. He, yeah, he's great in everything. Rides he's a the, horse. He, yeah. He's the gigolo and Deuce Bigelow, male gigolo. He's the guy who Rob Schneider well, house sits for. Um, but he's yeah, he's he's always great, and and everything. But I, I really I got to applaud the movie for. I, I like that it has an international cast. Um, oh yeah. I, that stood out to me in both movies. I think more so in the second one actually. Um, I really like that. I like that they didn't do like brown face and stuff like that. At least, oh, at least yeah. I, I I couldn't. I if they did, I couldn't tell. But I don't I, think. I don't. I don't know what, what Arnold Vosloo's racial makeup is, but he certainly. I think he's he. I think you could say he's white passing, but I don't believe he's. Um, I, I buy him as an Egyptian. Yes, I believe. I think you know. Yeah. Right. Um. But I think I thought that was a cool aspect about it that like I appreciate it as an adult now versus like as a kid seeing it and just kind of having it come at you. Yeah. But now I appreciate like, oh, wow, they really went to lengths to to highlight that, especially in the trailer with all their names. I thought that was cool. Um, But I feel like I prefer the first one. So I will say for The Mummy Returns for me, 
It's still good, but with a caveat. I think it's still good, but you. I think you should watch the first one first. I think you should watch them back to back because they're both equally fun and enjoyable, and they work better. I think as an adult, they work better together than um, the Mummy Returns on its own. I think the Mummy original is definitely still good. Well, all the all the character work is done in the first film, right. so th this one doesn't have that at all i i think you're out of your mind no one ever needs to watch the mummy returns again we can we can all move right. past this one um it's it's the first time i remember as a kid watching a movie and thinking oh this feels like a sequel like it's so thin it's just an excuse to have action scenes and the action scenes are fine i, I, I like right. how much gun violence there was yeah. there's a lot of bullet hits there's like that weird thing where it's pg-13 so there's no blood but uh, there's there's a lot of violence, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But it it is an excuse to have action scenes. Yeah. And I find almost nothing about it to be that enjoyable. My attention was wandering hard during this movie. Okay. Um, the All only right. thing I really enjoyed was at one point, Brendan Fraser's doing exposition and he, he says something along the lines of, Oh, the Scorpion King's going to come back, and Emotep's the only guy tough enough to stop him. And I really liked how they referred to Emotep as like a guy that they know. I thought right. that was hilarious. <laughs> right. He's like, oh yeah, he's yeah, he's a pretty tough guy. You don't want to be around him when he's drunk. But other than that, you know, he's pretty cool. Yeah, that's when they're in it's the like car. They just know right? each other. Yeah. yeah, on the way to the. Yeah, yeah that that is funny. Yeah, but yeah, if you're if you're talking about a guy they went to college with. <laughs> yeah, Emotep, you know. Um, but if you're curious about what blockbuster movies were like twenty years ago. And especially if you're curious about how you're going to feel about Marvel movies in 20 years, watch The Mummy Returns. Because it's fair. the exact same type of filmmaking. It's the exact same, relatively speaking, we're, we're in the same neighborhood budget-wise. Yeah. Uh, we're kind of in the same neighborhood star power-wise. Yeah. And with The Definitely. Mummy Returns, you've only got one movie to draw the character work from to string together these action scenes. Where with Marvel, it's much more constant there's a lot more going on so this is yes. what it's going to feel like to watch um the avengers in in 20 years yeah and for I, think sure. you, I think you're i think i think you bring up a great point because the mummy returns is one of the first movies that i remember being of age enough to cognizantly say this is an event yeah like it wasn't so much a movie as it was an event i remember it opened to 70 million dollars and that was like huge news. yeah like unheard of yeah it was huge news. It was huge money. Because keep in mind, this opened May 4th, 2001, before Harry Potter, oh, yeah. before Lord of the Rings, before Spider-Man. Yes. Like, $70 million over a weekend was huge. Huge. Spider-Man was, was like, 2002? Spider-Man was May 3rd, 2002, yeah. literally a year later. And on I, that I, same I weekend, Sorry, on that same weekend, it opened to 114, and the rest is that was the first movie to ever make 100 million dollars in three days, and that's where the industry was going. But the Mummy Returns was like a big fucking deal because of that, and so I think for me personally, because of how you know my whole history with it that I just described, I think there'll always be a little bit of nostalgia there. That nostalgia tinged to my answer. Like, I'm going to say it's still good because of that. But again, that's the point of the show is that, like, can you s that, that? That's the question we ask ourselves is, like, can we say something is, is, is good? Can we say something is good now just on its own? Or can we, can we only say it with a little nostalgia to it? Or is it, or was it never good? You know, it's like those are kind of the three main questions yeah. we ask ourselves. Look, and, as a 13 year old, and I turned 13 on May 4th, 2001. Um, there's no you that. you you're not able to understand that the mummy returns isn't going to be very good, right? It's an right. event. You have to go to it. You see it. Right. It gives you everything you want. You're like, it's okay, fun. that was great. Exactly. You get older, you're you're able to see like, okay, this it doesn't really have anything of substance here. It's kind of just no. a showcase for visual effects. No. It doesn't bring anything new to the character table. No. So depending on how much you're vibing with them from the first film is going to be how you feel about this one. This, this is just a right. thin Hollywood sequel it's a summer movie it's fine i don't hate it i didn't love it at the time i don't love it now it basically has not aged for me which is more interesting than anything else about it that is interesting but um it, 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 the fact that it has a movie that it's a sequel to that is better 
and has 90% of the same cast renders it not a necessary rewatch, I would say. That's a very good point. Because the, the Mummy is definitely... what's been Everyone's right, better in the first one. Right. Everybody's better. Right, and what's what was a nice surprise about this experience was re-watching The Mummy and realizing, oh shit, this is actually still good. Sure, like, and this, Steven Summers is, is awesome. He's a, he yeah. can do action. He's a good director. I mean, yeah. What do you? I don't expect necessarily more from him in this kind of situation where he's making a big budget sequel to a huge hit. Right. I wish the script was better, but in terms of visual storytelling, I didn't have a problem with it. It's just right. like there's just nothing there. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Mine's a soft, still good. Um, yours is yours is a pretty sounds like a pretty firm, not good. I mean, it's a um, it's a tough movie to have a strong opinion about. It's just. Yeah. Kind of, it's it's just there. I mean, it's it's a popcorn big tentpole movie, right? And I think it probably holds up a little bit because of the original. Like a sure. lot of people remember the original, and they're like, "Oh, this actually is like Indiana Jones for the for millennials," and you know, this is this is pretty great. So any extension of that is going to get, I think, a fair shake for the. I, most I think it's going to get a lift. It's going to get a lift, but I think you're also right. I mean, I don't feel the need to watch the mummy returns anytime I, again soon i can't imagine watching this unless i have a kid and he gets into right. the mummy and then he wants to see the sequel I'm like all right let's watch it right but i but i i can see myself enjoying the mummy every couple of years it's fun yeah um no, absolutely anyway the a knight's tale so a knight's tale opened the following weekend uh it opened at number two at the box office 16 and a half million dollars just about behind returns behind mummy returns yeah because mummy returns was so big it so the first weekend it made seventy million. I think final numbers were like sixty-eight point one. But then the second weekend it made another like thirty plus, um, and that was always going to be the case, you know, considering how big it was. A Knight's Tale was never going to win, but it was a bit of an announcement for uh, of Heath Ledger arriving as you know he can carry a film, and um, also an announcement of Paul Bettany's ass. Big announcement of Paul Bettany's ass for a good several. For a good like minute of screen time. Oh, they go um, proctology on him, which is wonderful. Oh yeah. Um. So I remember when this came out. I remember the billboards. I remember seeing the billboards the same day I drove into New York to go to that Knicks game, seeing the Mummy Returns <laughs> and a Knight's Tale. It's like um, a and I remember thinking, trip for you. Yeah, and I remember thinking <laughs> Mummy, and I remember seeing the Rob Schneider billboards for the Animal. Um, <laughs> and I saw that in theaters opening day. Oh, you're welcome. Um. But I remember seeing The Mummy Returns and saying, thinking, yes, I want to see that. And A Knight's Tale just being like, no, that's not not for me. Um, and I so I had I actually had never seen A Knight's Tale until this first time that I watched it. Had you seen it? Did you see it as a kid? I, I, I remember nothing about this movie. There's no way I didn't see this movie. I mean, I, I think this was like heavy rotation with Twister and honestly, probably The Mummy Returns at like, you know, that, that age where you start aging out of sleepovers, which is like 13 right. going to 14. I can't, there's no way I haven't seen this movie. I remember nothing about this movie. But do you uh, think you saw it because of your sister or like, or do you think? So, so you think this is a girl's movie, do you? I kind of do. Yeah, that's, okay. that's the I, vibe I got. I don't know how my sister feels about it. I didn't tell her we were doing this. Sometimes I get her perspective because she's three years younger, which is enough to where the stuff we talk about on the show can seem vastly different as far as what we both remember. But you know what's uh, interesting about the fact that, uh, you know, I think it's a girl's movie or whatever, it's like, it feels like it almost has to be because of the counter-programming. Like, the... the okay, you know, the, great point. The, Excellent. I was going to disagree, but I think that's a really great point. Yeah, I mean, it. Ha I mean, the studio probably was like, look, we're probably going to lose some of our audience to The Mummy Returns because it's so big, but it's going to make enough money to justify its existence because not everybody that's going to see The Mummy Returns is also gonna want to see this and everybody that wants to see this probably will not want to see the mummy return yes that, that's a really really good point um i had i remembered that rufus sewell and alan tudyk were in this i would have definitely wanted to see it uh more than i than i did mark um, addy but yeah it's a great cast well, Mark Addy coming hot off of uh, the Full Monty, baby. Full Monty, yeah. He's, he's becoming a regular on the show, which I appreciate. Yeah, we should get him on. That would um, be amazing. That'd be, that would be amazing. Um, but, yeah, I think, this, I think this movie had a great cast. Um, I think that everybody in it is great. I feel like you can see Heath Ledger's real chops in it. Um, sure. That said, um, I didn't like it. 
and I'll and I'll tell you I'll I'll get into why. But the biggest thing I felt was I felt like the 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 use of the rock music was nothing more than a gimmick. And I know okay. that was probably the point. I know and I know you probably read about it too. Ebers um, review. I thought I look. I get it. It's it's a good point. But you you say the quote because you obviously have it. He said he said people are going to make a big deal about the anachronism right. with the, with the rock music, but orchestras hadn't been invented in the 14th century either, so it shouldn't freak you out that much. Which is a hilarious way to look at it. It is a hilarious way to look at it, and it didn't freak me out. I wasn't like, what the hell? Because I remember seeing on the billboards, "He will rock you," and I remember the marketing. Yeah. I remember the commercials of the Queen song and everything. So I was I walked I went into this expecting that but I just didn't like it. I just was like this it just feels like someone deciding this th- and and telling people like yeah this is just cool but it just it felt like there was no reason for it. I don't know. Like I feel like I, in a yeah. in, like in a I don't know. I'm I feel like music and film is is obviously super subjective in terms of how it's used and 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 things like that but i think that when you're making a clearly stylistic choice like this i guess i just wanted to know why and you have that what you just said is why well look orchestras weren't invented either so he wanted to show how people felt about music back then right it's like because or an orchestra you can't really express that feeling visually but with a rock song you can i like the use of uh david bowie's song golden years i, I, I love i love that song i love I, that song too i was absolutely peeking off my edible when that part happened and i could not stop going bop, 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 like for five yeah, minutes after that was that was cool but I, but again in the beginning when they start playing we will rock you and then you start seeing then i started seeing the people lip sync i almost feel like i would have liked it more if the characters in the movie didn't know the lyrics and the words uh the problem i have is that is more that they they do it then and then they don't do it again um with so we will it, rock you specifically Yes, they okay. they know that song, and then they and then they don't know any other song except maybe you could say Golden Years. Golden, but well, Heath Ledger's lip syncing Golden Years, um, but you're right. But they don't yeah. do it, they don't do it enough. Um, right, right, right. Like, it's almost like I, you got to lean I, into it. Exactly. Like I I don't want this movie to be a musical, though that would kind of be interesting. But the 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 classic rock hits they use throughout this movie, and that's one of the things I remembered the most about it. Uh, it's some of the least inspired shit I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah. If you're gonna have the boys come back in town to Thin Lizzy, when they the get boys to London, are back in town, yeah, Jesus, that would be a time to have the characters sing it for some reason. Because if you don't, that that is such a fucking uninspired, played out choice. You got to fucking do something yeah. like that. Yeah. It, no, I, you're, that you're right. Is you the do flattest shit. Yeah, it's by the numbers. I mean, it's like... Oh, my God. And especially in, like, shit that I've learned with making my own stuff is, like... I remember I made this sketch. um, It was called Face to Facebook. And it was about people um, in a coffee shop fighting online and, like, on a Facebook thread. And they were all looking at each other but not saying anything and just typing all this shit. And I remember thinking it was funny, and like you know, some people were like, "Yeah, that was pretty funny." You know, uh, most people seemed to to like it. But one of my friends gave me an interesting criticism. He was like, "Yeah, dude, I didn't love it. It wasn't your best." And I was like, "Okay, like do you, I was like, I'm 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 all, I always want to get better. Can you tell me why?" And he was like, "Because you kind of did exactly what was there. Like you didn't surprise us." And I was like, "That's a really really fair criticism." And yeah. I actually don't disagree with you. And so to your point about the boys are back in town and then you use the song, the boys are back in town. It's like, yeah, of course you do. There's nothing imaginative about it. And so when my yes. friend said that to me, I was like, oh, fuck, he's right. Like this was kind of directly what it is. doesn't mean it's bad. I, I, I actually shared that criticism with some people and they were like, no, they're like, I don't do, I don't agree with that. I think it's I think it's effective. I think it's fine. But. <sighs> I think he makes a really good point. I think as a filmmaker, especially you have to, you have to, you know, you have to do things that are unexpected. I mean, you know, the short we just made Marvin's never had coffee before that title makes you think that it's going to be a guy who maybe like tries coffee. I criticize you for that title, by the way, You, you did, but think about it. 
the whole reason for that title is to kind of subvert people's expectations of like, okay, what's this going to be about? Is it being a guy who tries coffee and then tries drugs and all this stuff? No, it's completely not that. It's and and it's and it's and it's completely not that by design. And so I feel like with something like a Knight's Tale, the writer director Brian Helgeland probably was like, I want to do something. I want to take a story that you know medieval story, but then put rock music into it or whatever. And like, I get that it's like you know that's a creative-ish idea, but it's like then he just kind of did that exactly, and the ch- and and the choices he made of the songs he used were like very typical choices. They I think, are awful choices. They I, are the most expected shit you could have. Exactly. Like he will rock you and then we will rock you. And it's like, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. And then fucking they're kissing at the end of the movie. And then shook me all night long plays. Yes. Really? Again, I think the only somewhat inspired choice was golden years. And yeah, very, and that's, a, and that's because, you know it when you hear it, you know, it's David Bowie, but it's not like a typical, like if he had done, and I love this song, but if he had done modern love, that would have been a little bit more typical, but he didn't. So I got to give him credit for that, for that choice of David Bowie. But like, it just kind of felt like, I feel like when you make a choice like that, again, like you really need, I, I don't think you so much, I don't think it's so much that you need a why. I think you need a strong why. And I just, don't think his why was that strong no of course not this is this no. I, I i allegedly people really like this movie of our generation oh yeah yeah people that really is like unimaginable to me this is I, I agree with you this doesn't even get to the to the level of dad movie where i'd excuse a lot of expected down the middle shit the script for this movie is awful it yeah, is it's not fucking good. terrible and talk about this you, is, you mentioned your attention span waning oh my god of, i was not into this pretty quickly like i knew pretty I, quickly yeah like, fuck, I, okay this is not for me opening scene they start doing we will rock you i actually was like oh this is going to be a great time like this is going to be a fun movie to watch um yes yeah, yeah, that was that. wrong yeah. uh yeah the it, it, it is very, very cliched. It is extremely expected. It is extremely by the numbers. Yeah, um, everything about it. I, this is another movie where, like, if you're 13, uh, you, maybe you don't understand that something that is this not challenging is not engaging. Right. Um, this, this movie, I'll put it to you, I, I had a thought with this movie. I had two, two thoughts. One was, this movie is the polar exact opposite of Barry Lyndon. Just, just complete up in every single, every. Way. I still haven't seen Barry London. Okay, there's there's a scene where uh, the love interest and her handmaiden, whoever the fuck, are indoors at night in her bedroom, lit by candlelight, and the lighting is coming from the ceiling because that's where the lights are hung in the studio where they shot it. And I called that out to Jackie, and I was like, "Where's the light coming from here? Where the fuck? How is this lit?" And she was like, "You're such a film student. Shut the fuck up." Uh, there's another scene where Rufus Sewell has to. Uh, explain how jousting is scored, and I told yeah, her, yeah. "This is what exposition is, where a character has to tell the audience." I what's remember happening. that too. This when he's is talking bad. to Jocelyn about it. Yeah, 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 Jocelyn, whatever the fuck her name. Is. Like, and by the way, like, as if she doesn't know, she's been coming to these for. Uh, yeah, yeah, she fucking born in the aristocracy. She needs a lowdown on scoring. Yeah, if you're gonna explain, if you're gonna use that as exposition, explain it to a character who doesn't know. She knows yes. already. Exactly. Like, if you're going to the strip club for the first time, it's like, okay, you can look, don't touch, keep your hands down, sit in the seat, and they'll come <laughs> yeah. to you. It's like, this isn't that. Like, she would have already experienced this. Right. Um, that drove me fucking crazy. So, like, if, if... The other thought I had was, if you're someone whose, like, top films include The Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump, you're going to shit your pants when you see this movie. You're going to love this. Like, you've never loved anything. Okay, in your life. why do you because say that? Is... Because, cause first of all, I like Shawshank. I haven't seen for, I haven't seen it in a long enough time, but I remember loving it. And I also, I've always thought Forrest Gump was overrated, so I'm with you on that one. But so why those two movies? Th- th- this is the most khaki pants down the middle, no challenges, exactly That's as true. expected, no challenges, cliched yeah. shit you could ever see. If you, if you legitimately really love Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump, and you find them to be transcendent experiences you, you are going to love this movie i am never going to tell you that a knight's tale is 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 not a good film you, you're gonna be very attracted to this film um uh, there, right. there is n- nothing here uh of interest the, i don't Challenge. know we i got to like the 40 minute mark of this and i was like how the fuck are they gonna fill 
another hour. Another, they have yeah, run out I, of shit to do. Oh, dude, they don't have anything to do. I felt that too. And I remember looking at my thing and looking at the task thing and I was being like, like you've wow, you got to be kidding. This is two hours and 12 minutes. Fucking kill me now. What, like, what are they going to do? And not only that, I got to a point where I was thinking, all right, so it's two hours and 12. This is a, probably a pretty big production. So we're thinking, okay, like how long are credits going to be? All right, so it's really like 2.07. Okay, thank God. You know, I was like, all right, it's really going to end You're bargaining. Yeah. yeah, I was bargaining with my time. Um, and I feel like this was a great example of something that is just not just not so much style over substance, but like, no, where's just, the style? <laughs> well, that's my point is like with the music, that would have been the style, but that's my point is like, it felt like it was just a, a weird hodgepodge that just look sometimes this shit works and sometimes it doesn't i i was reading some of the reviews of it and one critic said a knight's tale will, will either repel you or win you over and it won me over and no, i was like that's no, pro that's no. about right like it repelled me like i never want to see this movie again right and, around the time he thought gets in a fight with jocelyn for no reason other than we have to have tension to fill the runtime i right. was like i'm 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 losing my mind here. and again i feel like you can see seeds of heath ledger's like you know, his he, he's legitimately good in this movie. He's really Him, good. Sewell's I, great in this movie. Yeah, he, I he love Rufus awesome. Sewell. Rufus Sewell's underrated. Too. Um, but he, let me he, say I love, I love how he, his eyes seem to be independent of each other. Like he just has an interesting face. He does have an interesting face. That's true. Love him as a bad guy. Love Alan Tudyk. Mark Addy, legend. Um, Paul yeah, Bettany, early sighting. Get to see his ass. Love Paul. All good. I always love Paul Bettany, and he's yeah. he's like the MVP, I think. But like. Ledger, I mean, they all deserve better, but Ledger deserves better. I mean, like, the he, fact yeah. that this was his kind of, like, heartthrob announcement, I get it, you know? It, look, and it did okay financially, like, it, I, but it cost $65 million and it only made 56 in the States. Worldwide, it made 117 so it, you know, it made its money back a little bit. Um, it was enough to be like, okay, Heath Ledger can, you know, Heath Ledger's bankable. Um, but I think, again, I think Heath Ledger was just such a nuanced interesting actor and again i think it comes through here like i didn't really care that much but like the scene when he reunites with his father that was a touching scene that was good that scene plays that, that yeah is that's one of the probably like scenes that definitely plays yeah it's really like i didn't care i didn't even i'm not even talking about the flashback stuff i'm talking about when he sees no, his father I, present day 100 that is a great scene it yep. is emotionally there Yep. The, the father is really, really good in that He's scene. Re- I, oh, I, I don't remember that guy. I was going to say, they completely elevate each other. They fucking yes. bring it. And then when he shows up at the end and he's watching, that's that that's great too. But yeah, that father... Cause and what's weird is the father in the flashback, I don't really remember as well as the father in the in the scene with him in the present, which is interesting. Yes. So that's it's clear that, that Ledger and this guy are just kind of working off each other really well. Yeah, and it's it's great. That... that yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a little unearned because I don't think that the plot or characters up to that point actually deliver the right. emotional payoff through the script. Right. I think it's a hundred percent the actors in that moment. I agree. Which I makes it agree. seem like it's out of a different movie, which is a little weird, but it, it well, yeah. I mean, the fact that you and I just singled that scene out, yes, I was one of the only scenes I had that I really, really loved. I think that was the only scene I had that I really, really loved. I guess Paul yeah. Bettany's intro was, was fun, but Paul Bettany's intro is good. Plus um, like, you know he's Chaucer, so you're like, all right, he's writing the Knight's Tale, but then they don't even right, really put right. that in uh, as obvious as you would have thought. Um, yeah, I, I, I and I have uh, certain scenes just kind of linger too long. Like, what, like oh, when they tell God. him, like everyone knows you're William Thatcher, they're gonna come to arrest you, and they're and he's like, what should I do? And they're like, you should run, you should run, you should run. And he's like, should I run? Should I run? Should I run? And then he's like, no, I won't. And it's like just. What the hell was that? that was like a five minute scene? It could have been two minutes, you know. You, you like, know he's gonna get found out the minute he lies about who he is because it's that course. kind of a formulaic script where of yeah. course it's gonna bite him in the ass. And then of course when you see Prince Edward, he's gonna he's gonna say he's gonna cor- save him. Fucking of course, of course they're gonna become buds. Of course, but it's not even yeah. that good. Right. It's not. It, it's it because it's just there. Oh, it just sucks. It just like yeah, it's formulaic. It's it's that that that's actually my main problem with this movie is that. It's it tries to disguise itself as like, you know, you know, yeah, it's medieval, but there's rock songs in it. That's different. But first of all, it's the same fucking thing we've always seen. And the rock songs don't even add anything. They don't make it better. Again, I really right. And I think I'm not saying that you can't do that and make interesting choices like that. But like if you're going to do that, dude, do some do like a more obscure um, 
Queen song or a more like yes. dude what, imagine okay so imagine the opening instead of we will rock you imagine the opening with like fat bottom girls like that or, already would be in, more interesting i'll go even harder seven seas rye would have kicked ass right that okay so that's even more obscure and it's like maybe instead of um um ending with you shook me all night long by acdc i don't know fucking like rock and roll ain't noise pollution you know pick literally any other i mean acdc any other because you know their shit too much but and instead of the boys instead of the boys are back in town i don't know pick a stone pick pick a fucking sympathy for the that's kind of typical too but like pick a pick a stone song that's just like because the stones have they do such a good thing where it's like their songs are like you know they announce that you've arrived. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they have such 100%. a sound to them that, that has that, that conjures up that feeling. And I think that would have been a good choice too. But like, look, obviously these things are complicated. Maybe he couldn't get the rights to certain things that he wanted. Who knows? I, I don't know. I mean that, that no, that, I don't know how hard you're right. it is to get Some of rights them... to deep tracks. Those are really popular songs. You'd think that would command. Yeah. And also, right. And also they seem like deliberate choices, especially we will rock you in the beginning. They're literally mouthing it. Um, yeah, but yeah, this, to to that this movie is a, it. yeah, this movie is a very strong, not good for me. Um, I never want to see it again. I actually kind of hated it the more I'm talking about I, it. I, I don't like it. I now don't trust people who like it. I think this is a great movie to revisit if you think it was good. I agree. Um, because I, I think the bloom should be fully off the rose here. And I was explaining to Jackie, I love... I think I brought this up on the show a lot, but I love practical stunts. I, that is practical stunts will supersede awful scripts, characters, good, sh- like anything. If you've dudes getting hurt on film, I am in, and I love horse stunts. Um, and even that, like there's <laughs> such a random thing to love. Love it. I love dudes falling off horses. Someone's like, Oh, we saw a great falling. movie. We saw a great movie this weekend. Are there any horse stunts? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, they're not. All right. Forget it. <laughs> well i like old-timey shit and i love western so i love okay. i love horse shit in movies i love that shit uh and this you love horse shit, movie huh? yeah of course um it, it, it even the stunts aren't that good i i love seeing actual dudes getting hurt right uh i love seeing the splinters fly around that right. that stuff looks cool they um yeah that was slight research they were using um uncooked linguine to to meet shards of wood that's just great behind the scenes that stuff gets me so excited that is interesting but, that's cool but the this the stunt work here is a little slow yeah uh, you can see where they're speeding up the camera to make it look like they're going faster and it's cool when they hit each other with the spears but you you're supposed to not be able to see it the dudes who get hit are never aiming at the dudes who hit them they're like no. always way off like it's not fucking close yeah um and it 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 takes that tangible holy shit someone's getting like right. harmed moment out of it and it sanitizes the violence a little right. bit which i and let me uh, tell you something else me let me tell you something else our last question about the movie well so let's leave it like with that i have so, like two things to add but yes no, no okay fine this is let me this is this will be my last question then you you close it with the two things you want to add was it ever on unc- like for I feel like for a while and maybe this was because my attention span was was uh was was like um what's the word wandering. Like running yeah wandering uh was it ever unclear to you like the rules of how somebody won these things no nowhere near you knock the other guy off the horse yeah but like I feel you like he, I feel like he got knocked and people were like yeah and then he got knocked again and people were like oh I, there were times when I was like Okay, who's winning here? I don't know. Maybe I just maybe I like maybe I was like looking at something else for like a key moment, and then that just yeah. fucked me for the whole movie. <laughs> the that biggest issue I had it. is like they they're not that far away from each other, and yet it takes a long time for these two guys to run their horses into each other. Um, so that I I don't know. Uh, I had a moment towards the end of this movie where. Heath Ledger takes off his armor. He gets pretty fucked up by Rufus at the end. Uh, He takes off his armor to joust armorless. And I had a moment where I'm like, if they kill him, if he gets fucking slaughtered by Rufus Sewell here because of his dedication to the sport, this movie's a 10. If he gets fucking through the chest murdered, 
I'll forget everything about this. But like to make that the end of the film, like this guy's so dedicated to this woman and this stupid sport of violence that it kills him. Uh, I know that's more of like a Kubrick take. I, I, I didn't really believe they'd go there, but I had like a 30 second time where I'm like, oh, they're going to fucking ruin his day. And this is actually going to be a good movie. Okay. I was wrong that that does not happen. What's so interesting about that is that I didn't have that exact thought, but when he took his armor off and everything, and I th- I actually had a similar thing of like, well, if they kill him, I definitely did not see that coming. Like I, like I, I turned had, into the wrestler. Yeah, I had, like yeah. It, yeah. I had that thought where I was like, if they killed him, that would be. I, I definitely, I definitely would have, pre- I definitely would not have predicted that. So I was like, okay, that that yeah. might be pretty fucking cool. Um, but you just kind of clarified, like, yeah, that would have been bad. That would have been pretty ballsy to end with. It, it, it's not with. It would be so against the tone of the two hours that came beforehand. It would have put everything else in a different perspective because right. that would be like, oh, th- this guy Hegelin or whatever. He intentionally made a bad movie to lure you in to make a point about how stupid sports and violence are. Um, <laughs> That'd be amazing. It, it okay, would so be amazing. Really quickly, do you think Mickey Rourke died in The Wrestler? I do, 100%. Okay. I've, I've, 100%. I've, I've been kind of... I've never really had a strong stance on it. I'm just kind of like, I that's think, the I end of he, his story. So I don't know. Uh, literally, because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I remember seeing it in theaters, I think with Ozio, actually, and he was like, oh, he's dead. And I was like, really? Oh, I, he's I, super dead. Yeah. I never that, was like, oh, he's definitely dead. I don't know. His story I, continues, but it's six feet underground in a box okay. for eternity. <laughs> it's like, that's a really fucking good movie. Um, well, anything's better than A Knight's Tale. Um, so, yeah, this is strong, strong no. I mean, I... I'm with you. I think this really, really deserves to be reappraised by anyone our age who likes it. I, I, re- I really think that if you saw this movie as a as a kid, you didn't realize, you weren't exposed to enough stuff to kind of see how bloodless and familiar all this was. Right. And now okay, so, that's just written large all over the whole thing. So here's the fun question. Two versions of it. When you, 13-year-old self, um, which do you choose? Mummy Returns or A Knight's Tale? To see in theaters. Oh, fuck. Uh, do you have an answer? I, yeah, I I'm, have an answer for 13-year-old self and 33-year-old self. Because I have an answer oh for Christ. both. Oh, Christ. Both, for me, both is Mummy Returns. It's, that's pretty I, I, it's certainly Mummy Returns now. I mean, that's a low fucking bar. Yeah. As a 13-year-old... I, I would probably go with A Knight's Tale, I think. I think okay. the, all right. I think because A Knight's Tale didn't have the sequel feeling, I probably would have liked it more. Yeah. And I, I probably would have been sold by the story a little easier um, and not fair. been bothered by the familiarity. But it's funny, like The Mummy Returns, I remember thinking like this looks like fun and it was fun. And I, I, I sure. think it still is fun for the most part. It's not boring. I, I know what you mean. There are moments where I'm kind of like, yeah, all right, you're losing me a little. But that's the thing with like a nice tale. I didn't. It wasn't fun. I had no fun watching this movie. I was not enjoying I, myself at all. I was just waiting for it to end. I, I agree with that. That's a good point. Yeah. So I don't know that. For, for me, that's easy. I think that's interesting that you would. I know. Obvi- I, I make sense. That you'd say Mummy Returns now, especially after the fucking. Oh, beating God. that we just gave a night's tale oh. but but it's interesting that you said that would take you uh, as a 13 year old you would think like oh i'd rather see something original than a sequel i i, I don't that's I, very I, interesting I think, I think so i gotta give you credit for that because that's kind of a nuanced perspective for i, I, I could be i could be biased my 33 year old self could be biasing my my past judgment maybe um, but i also but, think that like you're kind of you know i, I think you know, original thinker. I, you, you kind of strike me. You've always struck me as a guy who like kind of is like, you think for yourself. I definitely, I still struggle with that sometimes. I do for the most part, but I also still sometimes, I remember as a kid, it's like you go with the masses, you know, oh, this movie's yeah. coming out. It's sure. everywhere. You gotta Everyone's going to see it. I do too, you know, as yeah. opposed to, but now I'm, especially with film, I'm much better about being like, I don't fucking have any interest. I'm not going to see that. Like, uh, Wonder Woman two, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. I'm not gonna fucking waste my time. I mean, I mean and I've, first of all, yeah, I've heard nothing but terrible things, and I also just don't care. Like even it if does, ever, it doesn't bother me to hear terrible things, but yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Even if people said it was great, I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, 
I'm going to see yeah. what I'm going to see. I'm going to watch what I'm yeah. going to watch. That's it. I mean, I think, you know, especially as you get older, that's what it is. Um, well, anyways, guys, so that's Mummy Returns. Still good for me, not good from Bear. A Knight's Tale is a um, is a resounding not good from both of us. Um, we're we hope you're enjoying our you know summer movie season counter programming episodes. Um, we're just gonna clarify. We're gonna break it up a little bit. It's not like we're gonna be doing these types of episodes for the whole rest of the summer. We're gonna break it up with food and and some music and other things like that. Um, next week we're gonna be revisiting some forty ones all killer no filler, which just turned twenty as well. Um, which is fucking crazy. Um, but we're obviously going to keep going with the counter programming. If you have any suggestions for uh, movies you want to send us, shoot us a DM uh, at Still Good Show on Instagram or send us an email, stillgoodshow at gmail.com. Give us a subscribe and five star review on iTunes and other, pod- on other podcast uh, platforms, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, for, and uh, I don't know, do we have anything else to add? You want, I think you want that's it. I think that's it. For Bear Kennedy, I'm Andrew Carter. That'll just, that'll never make sense. (laughs) I love it.